When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. The following is a presentation of the Bellip Sports Media Network. Here comes pressure, throws it to Eckler on the screen. He's got a block to the 10, to the 5, into the end zone. for a first down. Herbert with time. Now running out of time. Throws on the run. Down the sideline. Caught in the end zone. Keenan Allen for the touchdowns. Throws and again it's intercepted. And that's Asante Samuel. Here's another one. Watch out. How did it feel when Derwin James absolutely powerbombed the f*** out of you on national television? You're listening the Shock Therapy Podcast with Tyler Lawrence and Zach Alfers. Boom, and we're back. Monday Night Football did not go the way we envisioned it. Uh, it was kind of a rough, rough outing by Justin Herbert, by the running game, by the offensive line. I mean, I felt like the defense played really well. A uh, couple, couple big plays that that came out of nowhere, but. For the most part, like that was a, that's a that's a really good offensive football team. We held them to just 20 points. You're supposed to win those types of games when you hold the Cowboys to just 20 points. Give me some some thoughts, man. What, what's going on? Yeah, um, that one's frustrating. Uh, just inconsistent football team. I mean, you, you could be as talented um, as you want to be if you're not consistently making the the plays consistently putting yourselves in a position to be able to do so. Uh, you're not a good football team. And at the end of the day, right now, six weeks into the season, the chargers are not a good football team. It, it There's not a whole lot to say. Um, I thought we had a really great showing offensively week one. And then that offense is kind of deteriorated. I think Eckler not being there, Corey Lindsley, that, that has all impacted the, Herbert's finger that all had impact is on this, the, the offense taking a swing here, but in the last two games, I thought we've had great performances from our defense who was struggling early on in the year. Um, just inconsistent. So we need everybody to be on the same page right now. We're not speaking the same language. It's frustrating. Cause I thought we had plenty of chances, even with our poor play to, you know, squeak out a win there. Um, I think good teams, I think great teams would have figured out a way to do that. We're not a great team. I don't even think we're a good team at this point, um, which is frustrating because I, I I had a lot more expectations, you know, this far into the season. It's not over, uh, but a lot to to work on and a lot that needs to be changed if uh, we are going to make a run, and it, it needs to be soon. I uh, I was putting out a couple videos here and there of just Justin Herbert. Um, feel like I felt like early in the game he got flustered pretty quickly with the pass rush. And it yeah. forced him into decisions where he was moving around the pocket and he just didn't feel safe and he tried to bail and those ended up in sacks. Um, 
he was very like skittish. Like I, I, I can think of like how many times where he just didn't see the first first guy there, and he just tucked the ball and he just tried to pick up whatever yards he could instead of trying to keep the play alive. Uh, standing tall in the pocket, he was not comfortable. He's six six. Like that's a guy that you want standing tall in the pocket. Throws over his 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 shoulder. Not you no. Know, he's got the sidearm thing too, but he does that out of need, not out of. Um, uh, it's just not natural for him, right? Like yeah. when he's throwing high in the pocket, and I I just think that he really struggled with the pressure early in the game, and it forced him later in the game to really just try to bail as much as he could. Um, it led to some inaccuracy issues. I know he, he missed Keenan Allen. The two big ones or the ones yeah. deep down the field, he, he he was really inaccurate. It was probably one of the worst games of his career. The only other game that I can think of that was worth was Patriots, his rookie, where we got blown out, you know, 56-0 yeah. or something crazy like that. So Justin Herbert really struggled with the pressure, and, and the Chargers are just not – a good offensive line right now. No, no. And that, I think, yeah, I think you, you nailed it. Um, I think a lot of, I think Herbert had a horrible game, worst game of the season, uh, probably one of the worst games of his career. I think I, I agree with you there. Um, obviously the finger was affecting him, but you're seeing it just, just give me plays that, you know, mediocre quarterbacks are making um, that he was just airballing on. Um and I get I give a lot of credit to the Dallas defense. I think they played a great game. They brought pressure all game and, and were methodical about it. Um, I thought their defense played great. Uh, with that, I thought Justin Herbert had some plays there where he could have definitely turned that thing, turned that game around. Definitely some momentum building plays that didn't go in our favor. Um, but yeah, it, hopefully, you know, he a, a week removed now from fracturing that finger. Uh, hopefully that's continuing to heal. Hopefully that doesn't continue to linger um, and, and cause problems moving forward. Because we we need if this team is going to turn around, we need MVP version of Herbert throwing 350 yards, throwing for four touchdowns with an 80% completion rate. That's the guy we need right now. We really haven't seen it. Um, so, and a lot of that is the the poor offensive line play. Um, I think banged up Rayshon Slater was giving up pressures that we don't really can. We don't really see six, um, six pressures, the most pressures he's ever allowed. Um, so he's obviously not hundred um, percent. At one point we were down to our third string center. That's going to cause some consistency and some communication issues. Uh, that, that line is in shambles. It was a big strength of ours coming in. Uh, Corey Lindsley going out with, you know, his heart has really, really affected the, the synergy of that unit. So that's something that, that is a, going to be a big focus moving forward if, if we can't protect our franchise quarterback you know like what are what are we doing um that that unit needs to play much better and we're playing the chiefs next week this this that defense has been really really um competitive this year too so it's not we're you know we don't have a, a an easy path this week either so it's going to be need to be a quick turnaround i hope kellen moore has been scheming up some you know protection issues ways to kind of help alleviate that pressure off of herbert's shoulders uh but yeah a lot of needs to change um i guess the the good thing is we got a lot of areas to improve upon so justin herbert was only sacked once it feels like it was a lot more and it was at a crucial point in the game final drive third in like 10 and he gets hit 
pretty, pretty bad. That was one of the, the, the bigger hits I've seen Justin Herbert actually take. Michael Parsons was really in his face a lot. Um, came on Trey Pipkins. I think there's a lot of interior pressure happening right now. I think majority of the issues on the offense is the offensive line. They're not opening holes in the running game, not like they did week one. Yeah. Um, we got Austin Eckler back, and outside of that one screen that you know went all, almost for a touchdown, he was largely ineffective for most of the game. Even like there's even some some plays that I was watching Eckler where he's not powering through the defender, a little cornerback to to get stopped for you know. You got two yards. You need to get to to get to the the touchdown, and wasn't able to make it happen. Um, he was really just covered really really well by by the run defense. He really struggled to 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 beat men in space and to really find a hole because there wasn't anything there. So like Eckler coming back, I thought we had really high expectations. Yeah, he scored, gave him a little bit of fantasy relevance. He had a, a few. Uh, plays in the passing game, but was largely ineffective for most of the game. Um, Keenan Allen was was really struggling to to create separation when when I, he came down with with a couple um, catches. But I mean, you're talking about seven catches for 85 yards. He had the one touchdown, and even on that touchdown, Justin Herbert was wildly inaccurate on on that. Um, the, the offense is really struggling. I think it just starts with the pressure, though. The pressure and the opening up the running lanes that the Chargers offense, this was they had the second longest streak coming into this game with the most consecutive games over 20 points. And that ended this game against a really good defense. And I, again, it just comes up to to our offensive line just not playing with synergy. I think that we are missing Corey Lindsley, but I think that there's issues even above that, especially with penalties. Um, they, they need to get that figured out quickly or it's going to be a long season because that's supposed to be a strength of ours coming in. We started off really hot, really high game one, and slowly it's just been getting worse and worse and worse. Well, and I'll say, you know, I, I was really, I'm really excited for Kellen Moore in the future of this offense. Um, what I will say, I think an area that we have taken a major, uh, step back is, on our production on third down. Um, I thought that was a, a highlight of Lombardi system being able to convert on third down. Now with more, I think we have been in a lot, lot more productive on those early downs, but that third down is like, it has been atrocious for us. It, it seems like every, every game where we need a game winning drive from, from Justin Herbert, we get into like a third and six, a third and long, and then he gets sacked right off the jump no chance uh before he finishes his drop back he sacked so i and that it was a strength i thought of lombardi's system yeah he was always facing third and longs but he converted a lot of them so i'm hoping we could get a little more creative with our game with our play calling on third down i don't know if we're like trying to you know be too cute with things trying to hold a little back on our chest uh trying to you know roll some new things out um you know, moving on, like we are close to one or two more losses, especially a division loss. Um, I, I think, you you know, you put this team out of playoff contention with how competitive the AFC is right now. I think there's like 15 teams over 500 and the Chargers are not one of them. 
So we are in a very crucial point of the season. If we want to make a playoff push, it, it starts right now. We need some momentum to be built. We've just dropped two in a row with a buy in between. Guys are banged up. Seems morale is low. Like, what better way to get back on the winning side of things, resetting your, you know, your system than a huge win on the road against the Chiefs? Um, we're, we need it. A, not, a lot needs to be fixed, though, uh, for us to even be competitive uh, come Sunday. You know, there's something about losses create snowballing effect. When you start adding some more of them, you just start losing a lot more, right? And we just lost sure. two in a row. We're going up a really, really good Chiefs team. Then I think we go to the Bears. And then we got a couple other, like, hard games on the schedule kind of coming up right now. Going into week seven – at two and four would be super detrimental to the the, the the team morale, which already seems low. And it's just like, we don't want to get in a snowball effect of just losses early in the season and have to try to crawl our way back in toward the end of the season. I feel like that's always been the Chargers thing. Start off really slow, start to gain momentum toward the end of the season. We did it last year. Uh, we ended up still squeaking in with still two games remaining on, on the calendar. Uh, but like we just we we need we can't go into next week two and four because that's that is that puts us in a serious hole to try to climb out of and I don't think this this team's good enough to do it we have to we have to beat a good team so far we mm -hmm. beat a Vikings team that is not good and we bought a beat a Raiders team that is not good both those games came down to the wire I think beating the Chiefs would be a huge momentum shift in a positive direction because wins also create a snowball effect. You start winning a couple in a row and you just keep them going. We need to pick up something. We had 272 yards of total offense, 79 yards in penalties. So yeah. that's less than, than 200 yards uh, of, of overall offense when you take those penalties out. It was a really sloppy game by both teams. I think the refs should have let the, the, the players play a little bit more. Um, but, I mean – you can't blame the refs. You gotta, you gotta yeah. like a lot of those, a lot of those penalties were actually well called penalties. The Zion Johnson, you know, ineligible man upfield, up like that's that was pretty clear and blatant. You know, um, the uh I want to say it was a pass interference or a holding pen, it was a holding penalty that took away Josh Palmer's um touchdown, which was an awesome move can't keep shooting yourself in the foot and think you're going to win a marathon. It's just not going to happen. It was a really sloppy game. And I think that the chargers offense is just really struggling. Another thing I want to bring up. Yeah. Where is Quentin Johnston? That's a good, yeah, I guess what, before we move to the QJ question, um, I, I think that the positive note being two and three, we've only lost our biggest deficit has been three points. The, uh, the first one being just a two-point loss. Like, so we're in every game. We are competing. With all of our penalties, with our inconsistencies, the fact that we are in these games, like, we, we are so close. If we can just tighten up some things, be more consistent, be more disciplined, play with more energy. I don't see this the buzz that they – the, the energy on the sideline that we were seeing, you know, Staley's first year, like that kind of has, it, it I, I haven't seen it consistently enough that people, guys need to be excited when plays are made. Um, I'm hoping 
all that all we need for that is a big play. So I think that is a perfect segue into the Quentin Johnston scenario where right now all we're really using him for is our deep threat decoy. He's just running goes, he's just running posts. With that, we knew drafting him, he wasn't a nuanced route runner. He really coasted by in college because he was a phenomenal athlete. They schemed him these yak concepts. They just got him the ball in space and let him do, you know, what Quentin Johnson does when he has the ball in his hands. We haven't been doing that. Um, and part of that is because of necessity. Um, Jalen Guyton has not been in this rotation we don't really have a skill set of a guy that size with that speed so it's kind of uh quentin you're the only one who can do this especially with mike uh williams now out of of rotation now he's a different type of deep threat but he was still able to do some of those concepts um now we really just need quentin we we need a deep guy quentin's the only guy who can do it and he's really been playing just the decoy when we are scheming up stuff for him well he's not creating separation consistently which is just, you know, he, he needs to become a better route runner. That's going to come with time. We're going to work with him on that. I'm really excited for Jalen Guyton's return because, for one, I think he's going to take over that deep threat decoy. For one, I think he's a lot more nuanced in his route running. He is able to create separation more consistently. We're going to see some more of those deep threat bombs that we were accustomed to seeing early on in Herbert's career. I, how many of those Guyton bombs are in our, our highlight reel? I, I'm I can't wait for the next one. Um, so I think that he's going to be more consistent. He's going to be more effective in that role. And that's going to free up the Kellen Moore to be able to scheme up these yak concepts, getting Quentin Johnson on some crossing routes, some overs where we're just clearing space, give him the ball and let him go. I don't want him to take over the Darius Davis role, that gadget role. I think Davis is great in that. Quentin Johnson needs to be that outside receiver. Everyone goes deep give him a 10-yard crossing route, and just let him cook. Um, I think that's coming. I think a part of the reason we haven't seen that yet is because of the injuries, uh, not having Jalen Guyton and losing Mike Williams when we did. Um, thing is, we, need that, we, we drafted him where we did to produce right now in his role. That hasn't happened. It's not, I don't think, a knock on him. It's really just not playing to his strengths. Getting Jalen Guyton back, I think, will allow us to be able to play to his strengths more, get him some confidence. And I really think that's all he needs to start cooking. Because even when we have been giving him opportunities, he's not been coming down with the plays. He's not creating separation. He is, has very little faith from Justin Herbert. And and that is, there's, I think, a lot of factors that play into that. I think getting Jalen Guyton back allows us to use, Jay, use Quentin Johnson the way we wanted we were envisioning uh, using him when we drafted him. Well, what's going to happen is Jalen Guyton's going to come back. He's already got that chemistry. He's got yeah. two seasons with over 450 yards in both those seasons. He was used more than just as a deep threat. I think Quentin Johnson's going to the bench. Um, I think he's going to only kind of be kind of that decoy to, to give Jalen Guyton that little bit of a breather. In this offense, everybody goes deep. Keenan Allen goes deep, yeah. which is not something we're accustomed to seeing. He does it in a different way. He doesn't use speed. Right, he used double moves to go and get deep. Um, there's been plenty of routes where you've seen Josh Palmer, who's playing exceptionally well. Uh, I really like that one-handed catch that he made in, in the game nice. that that didn't count, but it was uh, it was pretty nice. Um, I just don't think that there's really 
a need for Quentin Johnston to be an effective piece of this offense. Now, if you look at like the plays where he in college, like he made a lot of those plays, it was slants. It was yeah. uh, little hooks and curls. It was short stuff underneath and then busted coverages deep down the field. Right. It wasn't him manhandling anybody very often. There's a couple on, on film, but really it was catching the slant with with nothing in front of you and just take off a lot of his rack yardage is, you know, there's some missed tackles in there and he, he has that ability as well, but it was the route concepts that were not very nuanced, right? It wasn't double moves. It was just, you know, come out of your break, catch the ball, turn up field and, and use your athleticism to, to, to win. He's got traits that you want in a wide receiver, but I think that, I think that the expectation is a, a first round anything especially you know in the top 15 those guys are expected to be immediate impact players once you get to the back half of that you're you're drafting off of traits in the first round um you might not expect them to come in and start and be a a a big part of their offense say flowers is already a big part of their offense um uh jackson smith and jigga but he's got a big thing going uh and jordan addison jordan addison all those guys are more NFL ready players than what Quentin Johnson was. So I think that you, the expectation was to develop him similar to how Mike Williams was in his first season. He was not a mm-hmm. large part of the offense, partially because of injury, but partially because he didn't have the ability to separate. And Quentin Johnson doesn't have the ability to box out guys at this point in his career. And he's got more athletic traits than Mike Williams ever did. So I think it's just like a slow game with him. Jalen Guyton's coming back. Two weeks, he's out this game, um, maybe three. That's going to send him back to the bench, and he's just going to continue to develop and practice and refine his skill sets. That The Quentin Johnson experiment, it's its its not going to happen this year. He'll find his way onto the field as a decoy. He'll get some catches here and there, but I don't think he's going to finish for over 400 yards this season. I don't think you're going to see him with more than three targets in a game. No, I, I mean, that's fair. Um and I think we as fans, you know, with the production of those guys taken after him or around him, uh, we kind of put that on him. And like, why is he not doing that? Well, a lot of things factor into that. First, none of those three guys you mentioned had had to battle with the depth chart that Quentin had to. Um, he came in as the fourth guy when those guys came in, if third, if not one or two uh, in their respective rooms. Um that has a lot to do with it. They've also been getting a lot of chances. They're 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 a lot more, and like you said, a lot more uh, NFL ready. Quinn Johnson was always an experiment, and we drafted him off his potential, what he could be. Quinn Johnson, we would all hope it. He was never going to be rookie of the year. We were just never going to give him those types of opportunities. So be patient. It's a work in progress. How many people wanted to trade Mike Williams and wanted to call him a bust after three games? I'm glad that you guys are not in the front office because I love Mike. I can't wait for him to get healthy and come back because I think his game has been great and it's only gotten better every year he's been in the league. Um, Quentin's going to do the same. There's value in learning from the bench. Phillip Rivers did it. Drew Brees did it behind Doug Flutie. Then as a quarterback, that's a different position, but guys can get mental reps. If you want it enough, you're going to be able to take – sitting on the bench, watching Jalen Guyton run your routes, watching uh, Josh Palmer 
be effective in, in the ways he can be effective, watching Keenan Allen be a slayer. Like all of those things are going to be good for his development. We do need to be patient as a fan base because like, I, like you said, I, I don't think it happens this year. It's just not a necessity. Um, I do hope we do get some more, more looks for him that we are schemed and we're designed for him specifically, maybe two or three a game, but that, that's all I want to see at this point. Some more opportunities like that, like some slants, like I, I, I want to see him with the crossing route. Cause I think he is a great, I think he does have a great ability to force missed tackles to make it tricky to, to get down. I would like to see some, I'd like to see him at least get a try. Now, if you can't do it this year, I'm down to, to shut down the experiment early, but at least give me some, some film to at least assess and be able to ascertain if he can do it this year or not. Uh, Cause we need a spark plug. We're not getting it from the guys who usually do that for us. So why not, why not give our 17th uh, overall pick a, a chance to prove himself? And then in terms of the defense, just moving on to something else, the chargers are generating sacks at an extremely high rate this season. It's crazy. Um, we had five this week. Uh, Morgan Fox had two. Sebastian Joseph Day got in one one. Khalil Mack, Nick Mack. Williams. Those are mostly interior guys. Tuli Tuli Pelotu still finished with the most pressures, five total pressures, all hurries. It seemed like they were getting home a lot more often than we were getting home a lot more often than the Cowboys were. We still only finished with 21 pressures as compared to their 26 but only one of their 20 circs turned into a sack. I think that they were more disruptive I, in terms of creating um, bad passing situations where we were kind of mm -hmm. ending the play. I mean, if you take a look at the one, like one of those pressures actually led to an interception. So Chargers didn't get any turnovers this game. They were playing very far back. They were. You could tell that there is an incentive to not – uh, get beat over the top because the corners, it didn't matter. They were playing at the sticks and beyond most of the entire game. So I think that was kind of an interesting call considering Dak Prescott has not been good throwing the deep ball in, in, a, in a while. Um, but they still allowed uh, C.D. Lamb to go for 117 yards on 17 he catches. Really he looked really, really good. Ended up trading jerseys with Keenan Allen at the end of the game. But it is nice seeing that the Chargers are getting pressure and they're getting home. I haven't seen it yet. I'll, t I'll take a look. But I think they're at the top of the league in total sacks this season. I'm trying, uh, I'm trying to pull that up. because Yeah, I, I'm trying to pull that up because I thought I saw a graphic like that during the game. And I'm, I'll get back to you when I find it because I think we're, we're up there. And if it's not overall, it's definitely like in the span of the last two, three weeks. Um Based on, yeah, I'm trying to find it. Here we go. I know Khalil is number three overall with seven, only behind TJ and Dan, Daniel Hunter. That's individual. All right. Talk about something. I'll get back to me. All right. So the Chargers currently in five games rank third uh, in total that? sacks with 21. The Buffalo Bills and the Baltimore Ravens, both have 24 sacks, and they played an extra game. That just tells me that sacks per game is going to the Chargers because the next couple yes. teams after them, Dolphins, Eagles, Commanders, Bengals, 
all have played an extra game and have less total sacks than the Chargers. So the Chargers are averaging more sacks per game than anybody in the NFL right now. And we're also at two and three. So it's it's good. It's creating pressure, but it's not winning the games. No. But no. Um, and a lot of that, I think, has to do with our mediocre defense. I think a lot of those games, they've done enough to keep us in games. They haven't won us a game, which which is fine. I did want to point out the super sack package that we've been rolling out with Joey Bosa, Khalil, and Thule all on the field. Daniel Popper pointed this out in, in his um, his recaps. 19 drop packs so far with uh, what I'm going to call the sack package on the field. Um, five sacks on those plays, 26.3% sack rate. League average is almost 7% on dropbacks. So that is phenomenal production. Not only are we getting pressure, which is just part of it, we are finishing plays and we're finishing them at a very, very effective rate. And this is just a new, this is a new concept. This is with Joey Bosa being banged up. Get him healthy, get him ready, being able to throw this out, you know, 10 snaps in a game. Then we're talking about a, a a unit that can absolutely win us a game. Uh, just give them some chances. We're going to throw them 10 times and they're going to get two and a half sacks off of that. That is clutch. Yeah. It, I do like the, 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 the sack package. I, I like that, the sack but it's package. working right. The sack yeah. package and it's, it's generating sacks, creating a lot of pressure. And one of the other guys that I really want to point out, Kenneth Murray has played absolutely phenomenal He's on fire against the run. He still gave up, and I think uh, a, a big chunk of this was that flute play to, to Tony Pollard. Um, the, he's given up six receptions on eight targets for 102 yards in, in the last game. Um, again, I think like 50 of those are just to that one Tony Pollard flute play. Uh, I think one of the things that the Chargers have struggled to do is while they're generating pressure, collapsing the pocket, but not but keeping contain. Because Dak got outside multiple times, kept play alive, really hard to cover when you got all the extra time running to the sideline. But Kenneth Murray, as a run defender, getting into some tight gaps and really getting some some tackles for loss, Kenneth looks like a totally different player um, back there. He's he's playing phenomenal in that role. Uh, and I, I'm really glad to see it because I think that he's got so much potential athletically. He's physical but he's always had an, an issue with cycling through the trash and overrunning. And he hasn't been yeah. having those issues this season and it's way noticeable. So Kenneth Murray is going to make himself a little bit of money this season. I think he's playing better this season as a run defender than Drew Tranquil did. than Ke Kaiser white did and Kaiser white was really good at that. But I think Kaiser white was better in coverage. I thought Drew was better in coverage. That's the last piece that Kenneth Murray needs to fix in his game is just become a better coverage linebacker. Um, outside of that, he is playing really, really well, and I'm really impressed. I'm really happy for the guy because the story of his upbringing and, and all of that, like yeah. he's a great human being. I just want to see the pass coverage come together. That's it. Well, and if he, would, if he can get that, He's the future of that position. He's everything that you traded up to get. Um, that that was, you know, that was the hope. 
he has all the physical presence to be an effective run defender. Can he develop into a pass coverage linebacker at the next level? And can we keep him on the field for all three downs? Um, if he does that, I think that is a plus with the fact that we drafted Dion Henley in the third round to be that true pass coverage linebacker. That's his style. He is a safety that is going to play linebacker. Um, so being having that flexibility, Kenneth Murray developing that player, like that's going to be positive for his game. I don't know if, if he, if he does develop that, there's no way we're able to retain him. Uh, I kind of hope it doesn't happen until right after we sign a, an extension with them. Cause I, I like the player. I love the story. I like the work ethic, the progression, the day and night difference from K9's rookie year to now. Uh, through the injuries and all of that, uh, through all of the backlash from the fan base telling them, get out of here, we, we wasted a pick on you. I love his resiliency. I would love to build around guys like that. Um, I think he develops into a pass coverage linebacker. There's no way. I don't think there's any chance we bring him back. I, 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 I don't see with our cap way. situation, with us drafting Diane Henley, with Eric Kendricks on another year, with Nick Neiman still here on another year of his contract. I think he's going to be expendable, but I think he's going to make himself a little bit more money, hopefully more than what Drew Tranquil left uh, and was offered. Uh, the last thing I kind of just want to touch on, I thought that the secondary played better. I still think they gave up too many explosive plays in terms of um, past the 10-yard marker, before the 20-yard marker. Uh, Michael Davis, I, he, he's been getting bagged on quite a bit, but he's still making some plays also. You take a look at the two pass breakups. Uh, he ended up giving up four receptions on seven targets, um, and he had the two PBUs, gave up only 40 yards in, in coverage. That's against CeeDee Lamb partially in coverage. I think Asante Samuel also kind of struggled, but I think that it's better. I think that their roles are more defined. I think that they know um, they're, they're, uh, they're the guys. They know it, right? They don't have to, to deal with that anymore. I'm not super stoked about Derwin James penalties. I don't want him to change his style of play. Um, I think at some point those are going to turn into turnovers. Um, they always tend to. And I just like the physicality of Derwin James, because even if you're getting that penalty on some of those, like you're installing fear in the defender, right? You don't want those guys coming over the middle, just knowing that while it might turn into a penalty, you could potentially get hurt. Right. I like that enforcer mentality. I think he needs to be a little bit smarter about those situations, but don't change Derwin James play style. Please do not do that because yeah. it creates such an energy for the defense when a big play happens, even if they're penalized for it. Granted, I don't want it to happen on third down. I don't want it to happen on fourth down, but every so often, you know, it, it energizes the defense. And that's one of the big things that Derwin James brings to this defense is energy. Right. Um, the penalties, they're going to happen. Let's just make sure that they don't happen in those key situations. Um, don't play, change the, the, the player's play style because that's why we all love him. Um, and, you know, every so often you just got to understand down and distance, specifically down, um, down more than anything because those third and fourth down situations probably need to be a little bit more conservative, but don't change the player's style of play, please. Any closing style, remarks on no. this game? I, 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 yeah, I just want to say um, I, I love Derwin's style. I will say I think there are been some just some miscues on his part, 
just thinking this last game, him not being able to cover that run, the 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 run option to Dak, who ended up scoring that first 18 yard run touchdown. I think that a lot of that falls on Derwin just not being disciplined in his in his role. With that being said, you are the leader of the defense. You set the tone with your energy, your play style. Uh, if he can get back to that game wrecking Derwin, I think that will be huge for setting the tone. I don't know. I love Justin Herbert. I don't know if he is the tone setter. I would say the tone setter on that offense is Austin Eckler. We needed a big game from him. I think everybody runs with Derwin. Offense, defense, special teams. Derwin has a show game. Gets a sack. Get some breakups. Give me. Get him his first turnover this season. Then we're then we're moving. Now we're rolling. I I'm been waiting. I was calling it last year or last week. I thought we were going to see that Derwin show game showcase game this past week. Now it's the now it's the Chiefs. There there's no we we need it. It's not an, it's a necessity at this point. You're going up against Travis Kelsey. You're going up against Travis Kelsey and, and all the Taylor Swift fans. This is going to be a clutch game. <laughs> Derwin needs to be at his best. Yes, Derwin does need to be at his best. Hopefully he's able to play. As of right now, he is questionable. Uh, he was a limited participant on Thursday. Friday, he did not practice. Uh, today, uh, tomorrow, he's probably not going to practice because um, it's their, their kind of their day off. Uh, we do have Aloe Gilman as out, so we need that safety. I don't want to be rolling out um, our two practice squad safeties, essentially. Uh, Dean Leonard is out. Uh, something that I didn't hear, but what happened to our other safety? Um, uh, JT Woods, is he on IR? Because I don't see him on the injury report, and I haven't seen him in the uh, game. Uh, yeah, he's... He's on uh, the injury. He's on. He's on IR. I forget when he got posted, but no, he's on the IR. He quietly just kind of snuck Otito into IR. Physically. Well, anyways, Jalen yeah, Hawkins well, likely think... going to be active. You're. It looks like you're a couple seconds behind me, big dog. Potentially, um, AJ. I'll just start talking. <laughs> It looks like we have like an eight second gap between us. Uh, so I'll talk a little bit about the Kansas City injury report. Um, and then so everybody was a, a full participant on Friday's practice with the exception of Justin Watson. Uh, Justin Watson is out and Jalen Watson, who's their cornerback, is questionable as of right now. Um, Everybody else is a full participant in practice, so we need to to they're they're pretty much at full health. They are five and one. We know they're a good football team. They're essentially bringing back the exact same Super Bowl team as they had last season, and they've got an extra year together. So I am a little concerned about this team just because they're they're really well coached. They have the best quarterback. They have the best tight end, and they've got a lot of good role players for them. Um. Now that Zach is back, let me bring him back in. So, Zach, give me a – I want you to talk a little bit about the the, the passing game because that's kind of what this, this team rolls through. We know Travis Kelsey is the star of that group, but it seems like behind him, in terms of the wide receiver room, it's, it's kind of a mishposh of good players. 
uh, but no star wide receivers. Travis Kelsey is a star wide receiver. Talk a little bit about this passing offense, what makes him so dangerous, and what are you the most concerned with uh, when it comes to to these pass catchers? Um, what scares me about the pass catchers is that their passer is so amazing in Patrick Mahomes. Yeah. They don't need to be amazing receivers. They don't need separation because it's going to get – you know, thrown right face mask and they got Eddie Mahomes and Andy, Andy Reid to, to listen to, or to answer to. Um, that's what makes this offense so dangerous. Uh, um, even with that, there are 400 passing yards a game. Um, with Tyreek Hill's departure, Patrick Mahomes, that he, he doesn't need a star wide receiver to be good. Um, Sky Moore is developing. Uh, they got Marquise Vandez, or Valdez Scantling in town. Kadarius Tony is back, who had a horrible first game, but is starting to get some more touches, starting to gain back the uh, you know belief in his court from from his coach, from his uh, you know just their depth guy. I think Rasheed Rice, the rookie, their second round pick, he's coming along nicely. Um, I think not. They're not having Justin Watson. Having a guy like Travis Kelsey and having a passer like Mahomes, too much firepower. I think giving them a star receiver, having a true defined number one, would just honestly be unfair. It would be allowing these guys to like do steroids. Like it's not. They they don't they don't deserve or they don't need. A true number one receiver because the scheme and the passer are, are so great. Really, it's been Rishi Rice who's kind of been their Am number I one wide receiver in this delayed. offense. Are you back? Yeah, I'm back. Um, so Rishi Rice has been the, the the their kind of their go to target in the wide receiver room. He's currently got 27 targets, uh, and then Kadarius Tony's got 24, and then it's just a, a list of guys behind him. They also get their running backs involved in the passing game. Uh, Zaya Pacheco has 17 uh, targets. Jarek yeah. McKinnon, sorry, 17 receptions. Jarek McKinnon's got 12. They they really make use of their their running backs. Pacheco, Clyde Edwards-Hilaire, uh, Jarek McKinnon. I mean, that's a pretty good three-headed monster in terms of what how they utilize them. Um, they're all pass-catching backs. Um, I think that Edward Talaire is kind of more used in the running game than he is in the passing game. But if you take a look at what made him good at LSU, it was his ability to kind of be used in, in multiple phases. Uh, he just hasn't been getting the same types of opportunities in the passing game. They they are the king of mess direction. That, that is purely how they scheme guys open is they, they get defenses roll in one direction. They go and they throw it the opposite direction. They do it in the passing game. They use a lot of motion. Uh, and it really makes them completely dynamic in terms of you have no idea what they're going to come out with in any play. Um, it, it, they're, they're a really dangerous team, and they're a really speedy, fast team. They really focus on speed in this offense. Um, they've got multiple guys that that run sub 4 440s at the wide receiver position, at the running back position. Jarek McKinnon was one of those guys, probably a little bit older now. And then can't talk about – the Chiefs without talking about their offensive line. It's one of the best in the league. Um, and they get a lot of help 
but just by the things they do schematically with the motions, with everything else. I mean, the, the, the team we know is really well coached is a big reason why they're so dangerous without having any star stud wide receivers. And Rishi Rice is probably in that fringe of that star stud kind of conversation because as a rookie, he looks phenomenal. I'm kind of terrified to play him again for the next four seasons because he's just going to continue to develop and he already looks like a really, really good wide receiver. Yeah. Um, am I back? Are we, we're on, it looks like we're on time. Yeah, um, I can hear you. I agree. And Rashi Rice with no, what is his name? Um, no Justin Watson in, he's going to get a lot of looks. Um, it, it's going to be a test for the secondary who's been kind of hit or miss, the, you know, these first five games of the season. Um, what I will say, the, the, the deficient point of this receiver core is they're just – their consistency on drop passes um they're they're up there and drop passes and i think the biggest you know key to that point is that just look at patrick mahomes touchdown to interception ratio right now 11 touchdowns five interceptions and i really just put one of those on patrick mahomes just making a, a and just not a great throw those other ones are four catchable balls that got bounced up and tip drill routine interceptions those are four interceptions directly caused by your receivers not receiving um that is i think an area uh, of this chiefs team um that we're not accustomed to seeing because they are so strong uh they are one of the best protectors of the football if they're gonna throw up some passes you know you got asante samuel you got derwin james who are ball hot types of guys um i like that continue to drop uh, perfect dimes from Patrick Mahomes. Um, I hope we get a one or two because that really is the the way to beat Mahomes. Keep him under three touchdowns and make him turn the ball over once or twice. Then you're competing. You don't do that. Uh, you you are in a potential blowout situation, and we cannot have that with where we are right now as a team with the momentum, um, especially coming into our second um, division game with the Chiefs playing. At- as well as they are five and one at top of that division yet again. Uh, defensively, they're 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 led by Chris Jones. Chris Jones is still terrorizing defenses or offenses. He's got seven sacks so far on the season in five games. Uh, he's on track to to get pretty close to that um, that sack record so far this season. Um, and they're they're really getting a lot of. Uh, production out of Trent McDuffie, their their young corner out of Washington, one of my favorite guys out of the draft a couple of years ago. He is playing like a stud. Uh, they they've been getting a lot of work out of Drew Tranquil just because Nick Bolton's been out. He's only played three games this season. Drew Tranquil's been kind of filling in for him. We know Drew Tranquil is kind of like a really well rounded player. Plays pretty well against the run. Plays pretty well against the pass. A very effective player for them, just kind of overall. Um, and they're they're getting a lot of other guys like Leo Chanel in there. Uh, Mike Dana's been able to get pressure on the the the, the defense side of the ball. George Karloftis is developing. This is a really good young defense, and it's actually been a major strength of theirs. I think in years past, it hasn't really been a strength of no. theirs. 
they've just been able to score a bunch of points and just win track meets. Um, their defense is really starting to come together and it's becoming an, an uh, it's becoming an issue. Their their defense is better than it was this year. They're bringing back the entire offense from last year and they, all they did was add, 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 and add. I, I still think that they're the best team in the NFL. Um, a lot of people still think it's the, the Philadelphia. I, I still think that Kansas City is the team to beat. Uh, and they're probably going to win the division with how the rest of the AFC West is winning, and I think they're going to win it pretty easily. If we're going to change that story, it, we got to win this game. This is we haven't beat the Chiefs in a couple seasons. We always take them down to the wire, and right now it's starting to feel like it's going to be a blowout to me because I don't. I think with the amount of pressure that they get on the quarterback, they blitz a lot. They bring guys a lot. Uh, they play a lot of man. Uh, this is not a good looking game heading into it. I'm always excited to play the Chiefs because I want to see the best against the best. I don't think we are the best right now in any way, shape, or form. So that has me a little concerned. No, um, we should be very concerned. And and if the the team is not, um, then they're they're just not watching tape. Um, I think this is the best Chiefs defense we have seen during the Patrick Mahomes regime. Um, they've only given up 21 points once this season, and it was the first game of the year to the Lions, who have, are surprisingly a really good offense and a really good team all of a sudden. Um, they haven't given up 20 points, more than 20 points, the rest of their last five games. On this five-game winning streak, they're giving up less than 13 half. 13 and a half points a game. This defense has absolutely been a strength of theirs coming out uh, these first six weeks of the season, which is scary. Because I don't think we've seen version of start humming on all cylinders. This is a very scary football team. I, I do think the San Francisco 49ers right now are the team to beat. I'm not sleeping on the Chiefs. Uh, I think it would be stupid to sleep on a team like this with their identity, with their superstar talent, with their coaching. Um, I, I, I'm a with you that this is going to be a scary game. With our momentum, with their momentum, I think it should be a blowout. I think a, a one-score game plays into to the Chargers' favor. You, you're going to be building off of emotion. Um, guys make mistakes in emotional games. Um, let's make this personal. This needs to be a personal game. Um, I was hoping it was going to be personal last week when the the, the Cowboys wanted to come over and, and start fights pregame. Um, let's take that. Let's let's ride this. This is this needs to happen. Um, we you I, I hope these guys are hungry. I hope they come and they attack them like we we have seen this team do before. If it's a one score game, I think that plays into the Chargers' favor. Um, I wouldn't be surprised with the blowout, but I, I'm hoping and I'm praying that we can see a close game because um, I think a, squeaking out a close win against the Chiefs would be so important uh, for, you know, regaining confidence and building some momentum, going into a Bears game and then a tough part of the schedule. Like we, we need this game. Um, yeah, I, so agree. I just hope I just hope we're ready and I hope we put our best foot forward come Sunday. Yeah, I, I totally agree. Um, I think we need to win this game. If I'm going to go and put a score prediction here, though, I'm, I'm going to call it like 
31-17. I don't think this is going to be a particularly close game for us. Um, I think we are trending in opposite directions from a good team to a bad team. I feel like if you're trending in opposite directions from, you know, two average teams, you guys can kind of cancel that out. The Chiefs are running on all cylinders. It's still early in the season. They still haven't even opened up the playbook. Uh, they're coming into a division game. These yeah. are the games that they need to win to win their division. The it just it feels like we are trending in different directions. I haven't seen enough from the Chargers offense opening up running lanes, trying to control the clock, which is something you need to do. You have to keep um, you have to keep Mahomes off the field, and we are not going to be able to do that. They're going to be able to get in rhythm. This is probably going to be like a, a a 31, 34, 17 type of game from the, the Chiefs. Uh, they're going to go 7 of 12 on third down. They're not going to even get the third down probably that often. Uh, it's really just going to be dependent on can we get pressure and force Patrick Mahomes into throwing some toss-up balls, which he's not afraid to do. He's He'll, he'll throw jump balls out to guys. He'll throw things deep down the field. Yeah. Um, if we don't have Derwin James on the field, the energy on that defense is going to be really bad. Uh, and that's just going to lead to more issues. Um I think we're trending in totally different directions and I'm not looking forward. I'm looking forward to watching the game. I'm not looking forward to how I feel about the game. So give me your final score predictions. Let's wrap this up and get out of here. Yeah. Um, I'm going to skip the, the score prediction because I don't I don't think that the Chargers win this game and I don't want to throw it out there. And I've been, I think predicting a, a, win for the Chargers the last five weeks or two and three. I'm going to skip the prediction. I'm anticipating Fair. the Chiefs win. I even told my boss, hey, come Monday morning, I'm going to be crying. So I'm already ready <laughs> for pain. I'm already embracing it and, and preparing myself. I would love to be shocked. I would love to see the best game of the season this week. What better team to do it against? 125. In Arrowhead, I'm glad that we get the Arrowhead game in October and not when they're coming to SoFi, and I think in December. Either way, I'm not I'm not anticipating being very happy come Sunday afternoon through Sunday evening, even Monday. I told my boss, you're not going to get the best version of me come Monday morning. I would love to prove All my right. boss wrong. That happens if the Chargers prove me wrong. All right. Well, thank you guys so much for listening. Catch us next week as we prepare for uh, a game we're probably going to be feeling a lot more comfortable over is against the Bears, especially if um, their their quarterback, their speedy quarterback's thumb isn't in a place where he can go and play. So thank you guys so much for listening. Tune in next week.